Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. Hey, everybody. I am so happy that you have joined me this afternoon. It's Larry Sharp, host of the Super Cool Sharp Way Show, and here on WYSL in Rochester, New York, WENY, ENI, and Elmira in Corning, the Patriot, and WACK in Newark, New York. Yes, I say it every time, and I'll keep saying it. It's the cool Newark. Here on A Free Solution, reach out to me, 585-346-3000. I want to talk about weed, cannabis, absolutely. The funny part is, people always assume, well, Larry, you're a libertarian, so that means you're basically a Republican who wants to smoke weed. I hear that all the time. It's not true. I'm not a Republican, libertarian. And... I don't smoke weed. I'm literally one of the squarest people you're going to find. Um, the only drug I use is caffeine. I don't even drink. I'm really square. And I'm okay with that. But I'm also happy that people can use cannabis. Am I happy with the way New York State's doing it? Of course not. You knew I would be unhappy with this. Of course. Am I glad that now maybe some people will be helped? Yes. I am. But there are problems. There are issues that we have to try to fix now. If we don't push on making these fixes now, it'll be really hard to ever make changes. An example I'm going to give you is alcohol. You can see how we regulate the heck out of alcohol for virtually no reason. For virtually no reason. And let me tell you what I mean by this. If you remember what my plan was for cannabis in 2018, and some of you remember, some of you probably don't, but when we were doing this in 2018, the joke was, but it was real, was regulate it like onions, allow farmers to grow it and start you know, helping out small farmers, allow people who had chronic pain to grow their medicine in their backyard if they wanted to, allow people to sell it wherever they want to. But I was okay with, say, you know, 18 or older. I was happy. You're an adult. You're 18. You got to be 18 or older to purchase it. I'm fine with that. That's what I thought was a, a decent idea. Increasing revenue, increasing commerce, getting more taxes in. Good, good, and good. If you regulate like onions, it's no longer a crime, which means you don't have to worry about arresting anybody for anything regarding that, unless they're selling it illegally or not collecting tax or something, whatever, fine. And I also didn't want to tax it anymore than onions. I didn't want a specialized tax that would encourage a black market. That's not what I wanted. But let me tell you what we have. We have a law that passed, awesome, nice, but you're not going to be able to actually purchase in reality or use it for about two years. I'm not joking. Why, Larry? Why would it take two years? Because we have to create, I'm not joking, the Office of Cannabis Management. Yes, OCM. We have to create a government agency 
to worry about the safety of cannabis. I mean, it's critical. Now, we've had a black market in cannabis for, what, 200 years? Heavy here in, in New York, at least 100 years. I don't know how long, but at least 100. Where are all the cannabis deaths? There's none. Where are all the cannabis abuses where people are dying and jumping off of buildings because of cannabis? None. So now that we're going to legalize it, we got to have a safety office. When it was in the black market, it was safe. But now that we're going to legalize it, well, we got to have a safety office. How dumb is that? It's not dumb. It's control. That's what it always is. Because it's going to be a five-person panel. Of course, a five-person commission. There's always a commission. And out of the five, you would know that, of course, three is going to be majority. Who do you think appoints three of the five? The governor. I'm not making that up. Yeah, he literally creates an unnecessary office of management and then ensures he has control over it. But the best part is he's distant from it. So when they're corrupt, and they will be corrupt, you know they'll be corrupt. So when they're corrupt and he puts his cronies on it and he rewards the people who give him money and support him with appoint, being appointed on these on these um, um, boards and they're corrupt, he can go, not me. I wasn't corrupt. I had no idea what happened. I just appointed these guys. Yeah, that's what's happening. And the best part is it's going to be under the New York State Liquor Licensing Authority. What could go wrong? Like what could go wrong? That's what we're setting up. So that's why it will take literally 18 months to two years to set up before they can figure out exactly how to make it horrible. Because we have to have licensing fees. You might say, well, Larry, how much are these licensing fees going to cost? Well, I don't think we know yet. But let me give you an example of what happens in medical marijuana and breweries. Breweries was a similar issue. We created a a brewery uh, uh, boom uh, in New York State. And there was an application fee for a brewery, $6,000 per year non-refundable. Application fee. You know what medical marijuana is? $10,000 non-refundable application fee. $200,000 registration fee that you get refunded if you get denied. What small farmer can swing $210,000? Not many. And if you can swing it, you don't need marijuana. You don't need cannabis. You're good. That's what they're doing now with medical versus brewery. But not just that. In the brewery situation, you can't hire any felon. You can't be a felon. So if you were in the drug trade, which you now know this because you were in the drug trade, you can't get in because you're probably a felon. I said, well, Larry, they're going to expunge the cannabis right record uh, records. Well, first off, it's not an automatic expungement. It's a review. So if you were, say, carrying a gun to enforce street justice because you couldn't use courts, well, now you had a gun, so now you're still a felon, so you can't be in it. Even if you didn't shoot anybody, you were were carrying a gun, which we all know carrying a gun just by itself makes you evil. So by default, that's gone. What if you uh, were, were selling it and you sold it for too much? Whatever the number, I don't know the amount is. Well, that's a felony now. That's not a possession charge. That's a selling charge. That stays. You're still a felon. So now you can't be in this this uh, in industry anymore. Not just that. 
for the brewery, so I'm assuming it'll be also for cannabis, you have to register and pay a fee for every brand label. So more of a money grab. And there's a minimum and maximum you must produce. The state tells you. If you put, you can't go above X or you pay more, and you can't go below or you lose your license. If you lose your license, you can't have one for two years. That's brewery right now. So why wouldn't they copy something like that into cannabis? Of course. Not just that, for every entity you have. So let's say you have a cannabis farm and you want to have a truck that goes out and sells or you want to have a retail place or you want to have a marketing company that helps it whatever any entity you create another license you have another tens of thousands of dollars you have to let the state know whenever you change any form of leadership ownership or move or renovate the state has to approve it so you want to build your business out the state has to approve it that's breweries right now and there's special insurance and special bonds for brewers. So why wouldn't that happen for cannabis? So how is this going to help small farmers again? Uh, it's not. It's going to ensure that big agriculture, big business wins in New York State yet again. That's the part that I'm really unhappy about. That yet again, the little guy, the guy who is struggling farmer, which is what I talked about. That's why I said regulate onions, like onions. The, the person who's got a criminal record from cannabis, the person who's a felon trying to get back on their feet and knows this industry because they were in the drug trade, the illegal drug trade before, they don't get a chance. You don't get a chance? Hedge funds, private equity firms. I'm not kidding. Do your homework and you're gonna see that they are the ones who started doing well in California, and they're licking their chops now in New York State. They'll be writing regulations, they'll be writing the rules that will go through the OCM, that will shut down small businesses and shut down the small farmer and assist someone who can buy massive tracts of land with massive amounts of money, and that's what will happen. Because that's what always happens. That's why I said, regulate like onions. That is the right answer. That's why we don't need an office of cannabis management. Could you imagine if we just instead said, hey, new law, um, all the laws for onions, and I made up onions, it could be carrots, I don't care, potatoes, you pick. I just use onions because the story was I actually was in Western New York and they grow onions in Western New York. So I was like, let's use onions. But I don't care what vegetable you use. And you just scratch out onions right in cannabis. That's the law. Go. I, I, caveat can't buy it unless you're 18 years or older. Just do that. Started an industry exploding overnight, helping out the small farmer, small grower, and now the big companies have to actually compete. Wouldn't that be nice? Why am I a libertarian? Because I care about the little guy. I care about small business. I care about the person who's been hammered and beat up by the government and now wants to have a second chance. I want a real second chance and a free chance, a free solution. Larry Sharp here on WYSL, a free solution. Back after the break.
Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Yes, it is indeed a free solution. So do us a favor. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on uh, Twitter. Follow us on YouTube. A free solution. Please do that. This is a cool show. It's on you know every day, Monday through Friday. And it's just me. It's also the super cool Kevin Wilson. He's on here too. So let's watch both of us. Listen to both of us. Not a bad idea. Right now, I'm here on WYSL in Rochester, New York, W-E-N-Y-E-N-Y, Elmira Corning, the Patriot, and W-A-C-K in Newark, New York. Reach out to me, 585-346-3000. Before the break, I was talking about the new cannabis law, and there's a whole lot more that I want to bring up, but I do want to bring up what I often do is bring up some of the comments from the internet. Just I know people are listening and people are watching. I'm going to grab some of these. So here we have uh, Aaron says, having to pay the government, I like that, in this note, $23.50 in order to make a legally, make a $50 purchase isn't capitalism, isn't freedom, isn't libertarian. A $50 eighth ounce will cost $73.50 and a $50 one gram vape cartridge will cost $64, keeping the black market alive and well. well I'm glad you brought it up, Kev, uh, uh, Aaron. Let me bring up that piece right now, since you brought it up. There's going to be a 13% tax on this. 13% tax. And that's the sales tax on it. That's what we're going to pay, plus our regular tax. And our regular tax in New York State, depending upon where you are, is around 8%, depending upon where you are on the state. So we're talking 21% tax on it. Some of you may remember when I talked about my regular like onions idea. People like Larry, if you want to get this through, you're going to have to have some extra you know, tax so that the government's getting its beak wet. It's the mob. And I was like, you're right, probably. But I didn't want to talk about the tax because I thought if I brought up a tax, they'd want to double it and triple it. So I was saying no tax. But to be forward, if people actually picked up this idea, I would have been okay with it going up to 3% tax. Why 3%? Because my team and I did an analysis, and what we came up with is that about 3% is where you rarely find any type of black market. So you want to buy something, it costs a dollar on the street, on a black market, a dollar three in the store. The average person says, you know what, I'll pay the three cents to get the safety and the convenience of a store. Fine, no worries. Once you start going dollar four, dollar five, dollar ten, dollar fifteen, People start saying, do I really want to go into the store? I might buy it on a black market. Because every every dollar, the more expensive, that becomes a bigger chunk. 
right? So I would have taken 3% begrudgingly, but I would have because I don't want a black market. I don't want people running someplace else. So that's an issue. So I think your point's a valid one. And out of that 13%, 1% goes to the county. 3% goes to municipality, which is nice. I like that. 9% goes to the state. Of course, 9% comes home to his majesty. I'm sorry, or oh, the mob boss. I'm sorry. Something can't fall here. I can't get my beak wet. No, he wants to get his beak wet. I got it. That's kind of how that works. But there's also another tax. There's a THC tax. Yes, the distributor pays that tax. So there's more. So the better product you have, uh, in theory, more TACs, better product, in theory. It may not be, obviously. There's, there's differences in what you're looking for, what you want. But you pay more. So there's a larger tax on that, too. So they're trying to get some cash out of you. How does the small farmer win again? How does the small distributor win again? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. So if you're a dealer now, and there are many weed dealers now in New York, some of you know them, or even may be one. If you listen to me, you might be one. So there are many of them. Are they all of a sudden now going to say, you know what I should do? I should be legal. I'm going to go drop $10,000 or whatever the number is, try to get my license so I can be regulated by the government so they can tell me what, who I can own, when I can own, so they can charge me an extra 13% tax. I'm sorry, no, that paying sales tax. So, so they can pay me an extra 21% tax, all of that, so that I can become legal? No. Not going to happen. Why would it? Your dealer is going to be your dealer. It's still going to happen. There's still going to be a black market. So many people going to jail for selling, not for possession, for selling. Still going to jail. That's not going to change. And guess what? It's still going to be more, more black and brown people. Why? Because that's what the police are accustomed to doing in cities. They're not going to change their habits overnight. Just humans. Just people. So what they're trying to save, not going to happen. And the tax is going to be the reason. Aaron, what you brought up, that's the reason. If you remember, people also tease me. And they said, Larry, under Larry's plan, if you like your dealer, you keep your dealer. Yes. Because in my plan, the dealer simply goes and applies for an LLC. That's it. That's like 45 bucks or whatever that is. I don't remember what it costs now. I remember it used to cost like that. Maybe it's 100 bucks. Whatever. They pay 100 bucks. And they're legal. That's it. You pay the same tax you pay on onions, which is minimal. And you're legal now. You can open up a store or a food truck or whatever. Do your thing. You can invest in your business now. Yeah. That helps the little guy out. We didn't do that. We did what we always do. Created more bureaucracy. It will take over a year, maybe two years to make this work. And there will still be a black market, which is what I'm trying to end. I don't want that. That's the point I'm trying to, to, to make. John says, some bureaucracies of the state that manage alcohol sales to this day created at, were created after prohibition. I know. We, we just keep creating things. Absolutely. Yes. And we shouldn't. Jericho says the commission is not for safety, but to ensure the state makes money off it and they can tax it so much that there will still be a black market. Yes, absolutely. That is my point, right? I, I, I'm happy that people who have chronic pain and that cannabis is an answer, an option for them other than opioids. And don't get me wrong. I'm not anti-opioid. I'm not. 
For some people, opioids are the right answer for their pain. For some people, opioids are the right answers for their issues. I'm not against opioids at all. I'm against opioids being basically the only answer. That's what I'm against. Because you should be able to choose what you think is going to work right for you. And if cannabis is the answer for your chronic pain, good on you. If opioids are, good for you. But I don't want doctors just shoving opioids down people's throats because they think that's the only answer. So yes, thank you. Um, Brian says, please say you're running for governor again. I will decide again this summer. So I've said that often, but I'm going to make sure I will decide this summer. Absolutely. So yeah, let me grab, if I can, uh, hold on. Joe says something. He brought up something about, about Florida. I got to find that one real fast. I think he said it was, yeah. Joe says $60,000 for a medical marijuana fee in Florida. Yeah. 210000 here, Joe. We got you beat. We got you beat. Absolutely. So let me walk down the road if I can. That tax piece we talked about. It's supposed to bring in over $300 million in tax revenue. Nice. That's nice. The worry is we have to worry about, you know, where the money goes and blah, blah, blah. 40% of the money coming in is supposed to go to education. That sounds amazing. Does sound good. But I think you and I know that education is about a $60 billion boondoggle budget in our state. We dropped $28,000 per kid, give it a 26000 20000 for uh, per kid per state. 40% of $300 million? That's nothing. Second, you know what else is supposed to go to education? The lottery. What happened with that? That's now in general fund. This They did this to make people think, see, we're supporting the communities and such. You don't want to vote against education, do you? So if you voted against this bill, you're voting against the kids. That's why they did that. This money will go to education for maybe a year. Maybe. Then write general fund, slush fund, to keep his majesty in helicopters. That's what's going to happen, guaranteed. Then there's going to be 40% to community investment fund. That one he's going to keep. Why? That's Hunger Games. Yeah, it is. That's, I got the money from the weed, and I'll give it out to you if you do what I say. That's how he controls the state, with the pocketbook. That's why all that money goes back to the state, so he can decide how to give it out, give it back to you. Isn't that crazy? So 40% of the money that's made at the local level goes back to the state to be divvied out as he says so. Just keep it in the county then. Keep it in the municipality. What are you doing? So they're taking it so we can control you. Somebody was right. Jericho was right. Not about safety. About control. And he's going to control us. I don't want him to. I want it to be better and free. Larry Sharp. A free solution. WYSL. Give me a call. 585-346-3000. Back at this break.
Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website there hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Who is it? It's me, Dave. Open up, man. I got the stuff. Who? It's Dave, man. Open up. I think the cops saw me come in here. Dave? Yeah, Dave. Come on, man. Open up. I think the cops Dave's saw me. Dave's not here. Open up. Yeah, um, I think that's still going to happen. That's not going to change. Uh, the, the black market is always a problem, and that's where you have the pain. And that's where people who are desperate go. And that's where people, that's where the little guy goes, right? And they get in trouble and they get beat up. And I'm unhappy about that. I want us all to be freer and happier. Little guys and big guys. I'm not against the big guys. Good for them too. Good for everybody. Larry Sharp here on a free solution. WYSL, Rochester, New York. W-E-N-Y-E-N-I-N. Elmira Corning, the Patriot. W-A-C-K in Newark, New York. 585-346-346. 3,000. Before the break, I was talking about the tax on it, obviously, right? And where the money was going. And I la- I'm almost laughing, laughing about the idea that 40% is going to go to education. And 40% is going to be going to the Hunger Games. And then 20% is going towards drug treatment and education, meaning public education. That's also a fund it's going to go to. What does that mean? It's going to be controlled by Oasis. You guys may not know what Oasis is. If I get it right, it's the Office of Addiction Services and Support or something like that. O-A-S-A-S. Oh, they call it Oasis. Um, But that's another commission that we have. Because what else would New York State have but 45,000 commissions to do stuff that no one cares about, that no one needs? So now New York State decides, the government decides, what is effective and not effective addiction treatments. Not you, not your family, not your problem, not your community. No. New York State knows. So the money will go there. So they can pump the things that they say work. So when some charlatan comes by and says, I've got the new magic pill that makes you not addicted anymore. They can go, oh, how much money you got? Okay. That's authorized. I have a new way that it will make things work. How much money you got? None. Illegal. I wish I was joking. And you know I'm not. That is how that works. Also appointed by the governor and others. What a coincidence that is. Same thing. This is how New York does corruption right. See? The guys in Illinois thought they were going to do it right. They go to jail. We don't. Guys in Florida thought they were going to be bad. 
Sorry, Joe. When it comes to corruption and waste, we we are so far ahead of you. Not even close. I mean, I get it. You're trying to come be like us. You can't. It just we're so far ahead of you in in corruption. Not gonna work. Now, Jersey. I got to step back for Jersey. But besides that, we got the whole country beat. We even kick California's butt when it comes to corruption. I mean, we do it right. If you want to have a corrupt society, New York is the answer, without question. So I, I hope that was fun for you guys. But the amount of money that's coming out, wherever they say it's going to go, within two years, it'll go into the general fund or it will go into the Hunger Games to ensure that, that the governor can control people. That is the biggest issue what we're trying to do. They're trying to act like this is a, an industry that they're starting from scratch. You know, this is from scratch. We don't know. We've got to learn, you know, from the other states and figure out how to build this industry. It's a new industry. This industry is nowhere near new. That's complete garbage. They're making that up to make you afraid. I'll tell you again. If you're saying, I want to figure out how to deal with heroin as an industry, a lot of deaths from heroin. Makes sense. I'm with you. Let's figure out how to fix this. Where's all the pain from cannabis? Doesn't exist. Made up. Let me grab a call. Craig from Clinton, how are you, sir? Good. How are you, Larry? I'm doing great, my friend. Are you ready to um, start trying to find a place to buy some cannabis somehow? I don't know if you can. But uh, no, I got it already. I'm just glad it's legal now. <laughs> there we go. Exactly. Yes. Which Absolutely. I think... I, that's that's a joke for me, but I don't think it's a joke for a lot of people. Um, so what actually changed? I think it's just I think we're still going to have the black market. Why would I go and go through all that nonsense? And also, if I've just got it loose on me, what am I going to have to carry like a cigarette certificate now? And they're going to get me for untaxed marijuana or I don't know. It just seems like a whole lot of nonsense. And uh, well, you know, no, your, it's your all point's for a valid one. How do they know? that you bought it legally or illegally, right? Are you going to have to have some form of ID or paper to show that you bought it legally? I'm assuming not because, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're going crazy with all these, you know, things we need to do. So maybe, but my gut is you won't have to prove that that you bought it illegally, but they'll have to prove you bought it illegally. So there will literally be sting operations, Yes, we're not going to put all these law enforcement drug drug warriors out of out of work overnight. So now there'll be stings on illegal cannabis. So they'll be trying to find your dealer and do a sting operation on him or her, and then they'll arrest you because they got video of you buying it on the street. That's how they'll do it. Because now they can't kick indoors anymore. So they'll find some other thing to kick in. You're not going to put all these drug warriors out of business tomorrow. And that's my other problem. Is what you I don't just think said. you're going to put them out of business at all. I think they're going to be right yeah. there, and nothing's changed, and we're going to do the same thing. Yes, and the people, it's like medical marijuana. There are, like, what, two dispensaries or three in New York? There's something like that. I forgot what it is. Like, one in New York City or something. It's hardly any of them. Why would you go there? There's no need. You can just go to your local dealer already. I, I completely agree. This sounds good, looks good. And the people up top think like, well, now everyone will buy it this way. What? Am, how are most people buying weed in New York State now? Either through their dealer illegally or they're crossing the border and going into Jersey or into Massachusetts and buying it and coming back. So they're doing. Now, the one thing that will change, I think, Craig, is 
right now, if you have cannabis, they can arrest you and sometimes do. It's not as bad as it used to be. Now they won't be arresting you anymore. So that's one thing that will change. If you have weed, they won't be arresting you anymore. But there will still be sting operations against your dealers. So just, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing and hope uh, <laughs> hope your dealer doesn't get his door kicked in then. <laughs> yes, that, that's what it is. Yes. Let's let's hope the, dealer, the dealers don't. I mean, one of the things I mentioned, if you remember, when I was talking about police reform, I said one of the things I wanted to do was to pull cannabis off of Schedule 1. If cannabis is not on Schedule 1, then there's no reason for the feds to come in and kick in the doors. Right? No need for it. See, if, if you go over to Massachusetts and buy some weed and cross the border, that's a federal offense. You're going to jail. Oh, you're going to prison. You're not even going to jail. You're going to yeah. prison. The feds are going to come and, and, and take you out. And that's a problem because now what you've done is you've made it legal in New York State, but you can't buy it in New York State yet. So what are people going to do? Cross the border and buy it and then come back here and the feds can kick your door in. And I know it sounds horrible that I'm acting like, you know, cops want to kick doors in. I don't think cops want to kick doors in. I could be wrong. I, I don't know enough cops now to know if that's true. But my gut tells me cops don't want to kick in doors. Cops want to do their job and get paid. And if the government says your job is kicking in doors, they'll kick in doors. Because the government tells them to do so because it's their job. They want to get paid and, and live their life. That's what I think. So if the government says stop kicking in doors... Cops will stop kicking indoors. Am I wrong? No, no. I think there's I think there's a lot of prongs to this though too, because then you got the feds giving people armadillos and armored vehicles and all this yep. stuff, and it's the militarization of the police force. And I mean, um, it all goes hand it all goes hand in hand. Absolutely, a hundred percent. So, I think a little has changed. I'm I'm trying to be as optimistic as I can be. Because I realized, and I, I mentioned this years ago, the only way Cuomo, I'm sorry, His Majesty, King Andrew Cuomo II, all hail the king, the only way he legalizes this is if he can get his cronies on board. And he's finally found a way to do that effectively and to take a little heat off him because people are forgetting about his, um, his uh, nursing home scandal. I saw a recent... Um, I saw, saw a recent article, not article, or a recent story about this. And they were trying to say, well, now he's doing it because, you know, he's trying to take pressure and heat off of his harassment scandal. They didn't even mention the nursing home scandal. That wasn't even yeah, mentioned. They, they already forgot the about that. One. Yep. They totally forgot about that. Yeah, well, so I mean, he now knows, he'll he do knows how to play the game. In three months. I'm sorry, say it again, Craig? I said he knows how to play the game. I been telling you all this you guys are like Cuomo's done I'm like he is ruthless and he is savvy I went up against him and got my butt kicked I know I was on the field with him and I got and I got beat up Craig you were with me weren't you yep yep absolutely thanks Craig for the call I appreciate it thank you have a nice day so yeah things are changing not great we got some positivity let's hope for something better Maybe we can move forward a better solution. Larry Sharp, WYSL, our free solution, 585-346-3000. After the break, back after the break. 
Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Hey, it's Larry Sharp here on A Free Solution, WYSL, Rochester, New York, W-E-N-Y, E-N-I, Elmira Corning, the Patriot, and W-A-C-K in Newark, New York. Um, before the break, I was talking to Craig about what's changing and what's not changing. And I think a little bit is changing. It's not great. It could be better. But it's a little bit better. That's what I would say. A little bit better. I, I would hope for more, but... Maybe we can make some changes now, I hope. I want to grab a call if I can. I have Christopher from Staten Island. How are you, sir? Uh, good afternoon, Larry. How are you? I'm doing great. What's going on? Uh, happy anniversary. And I Uh-oh, say what did I do? Well, I say that and uh, because things have a way of coming back around to us. It was about this time back in 2018 that I first uh, called into you. Uh, on on your, uh, your your governor show, and this oh issue was yes, I had the Gov Shack. That's right, the Gov Shack. Correct. Now this was the single issue that got me involved with the libertarian movement because you and your staff actually took the time to dig in on this. This is not a popular subject that people like to rally and shake their fists and be righteous over when it comes to putting drunk drivers back on the road. Oh we had a, yes, we had something. Right. This is going to be a crossover, Larry, with that single issue into uh, uh, the vehicle and traffic law with marijuana uh, DUIs now, too, as well. We have on the books in, in New York State with the Department of Motor Vehicles not written into law because this was legislation that was put on the table and not voted on. They couldn't approve it. Right. So His Majesty, with a stroke of his pen, decided to permanently ban over 20,000 people and never let them back on the road, despite the fact that they've changed their lives, proven their sobriety, okay, done everything that they, they, me, they could have uh, done to change Chris, their let lives. let me touch this for a second. I want to cover this. I, I love what you're saying. Let me cover this for a second because it's a valid point. What most people yeah, it's don't going to cross know over in into marijuana, State. Larry, because the technology to actually uh, to, 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 to depict the level of toxi- uh, toxicity is not there. And what happens if you yep. refuse? You're going to get your license revoked. What happens now? No, no. Let me let me cover this. I you're, got you, Chris. Let me let me cover this. Let me cover this. I got you. Let me let me cover this. I got you. What what most people don't know, when you hear someone say, "Well, someone lost their license for multiple DUIs," the average New Yorker goes, "Well, good, he got DUIs. He should lose his license." And I get that emotion. I do. I get that feeling completely. What you're saying, Chris, what most people don't know is that in New York State, once you have, I think it's two or three or whatever, I forgot the number, I think it's three or four, once you have it, you lose your license, 
permanently, no matter what, it's revoked and it's gone forever. That's it. Now you might say, well, Larry, so what? Well, what happens when you've learned your lesson and you, you want a second chance and you've gone through all the programs the state wants you to go through and you prove yourself to be sober for multiple years and you want to get your life back in track? How can you without a license in the state? Now, maybe if you live in New York City, maybe you could be okay if you live in Manhattan or Brooklyn, you could walk to your job or something, maybe. But what about your family? What about your friends? What about your children? What about yourself moving forward? Don't we want someone who has made errors to be able to get back in action? Well, Larry, what if they hurt somebody or whatever? Then they went to jail and they've paid their debt to society, whatever that is, or they paid their fees if they've been sued. I'm talking after someone has righted the wrongs. Why did it, when did they get their, their chance at success again? I want people to have a second chance. You pay your debt, you show you're sober, get back in action. There are people who count on you. Get back in action. And we're not doing that. And I think Chris's point is that now we're going to be able to do this with people who are high on cannabis. And how do you know they are? Because the cop says so. And then that's a DUI because the person refuses to be tested, whatever the test is. And then they get the DUI. And then all of a sudden now they're, they're losing their license forever. You can't even change states because the records in our state, you can't get a license ever in this country. I have literally met people, thanks to people like Chris, who had to leave the country and restart their lives in other countries because they couldn't function here in America. That's how bad it was. I'm sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I want to make sure I, I no, took no, care of that piece. Larry, thank you so much, right? And, and look, I also went down to the Department of Transportation shortly after we first discussed this, and I sat on a national summit there, right, in D.C. The technology mm -hmm. is not out there when it comes to breathalyzers. We haven't come any, any closer to this, and this mm -hmm. is going to happen. It's going to ruin more lives here in New York. It's going to be a, a, a horrible thing. A horrible thing for innocent people who are not otherwise impaired behind the wheel. I, I think we have to have an environment that gives somebody a second chance. And this is a terrible law, a terrible... And this goes to your point, though, of now we have an Office of Cannabis Management. And this was put together by one of those panels and commissions. And then most of you don't know this. If one of these commissions or panels puts out regulations, whatever the regulations are, they, you know, you need to you know, be six foot tall to buy a bicycle, whatever, whatever is the, the rule they make. If the Congress ignores it, doesn't say no over a certain period of time. Is it, is it six months? I forgot what it is. It's a time period. If they don't, they don't say no, the governor can sign it. And it's basically a law now. So now we have no recourse because now the, the, the legislature can't go, Oh, let's repeal it. Well, we didn't make it a law. So they can't repeal it. So it's up to the governor to go, yeah, let's end it. Because in the long run, he actually runs all these commissions. So it's a way of getting around the legal process. And that's the worst part about it, because now there's no recourse. There's no way to do anything else to stop it. Did I get that right, Chris? Yeah, you, you did. You did. There is no recourse, okay? If anybody wants to actually look up as far as the alcohol aspects of what, uh, what the subject is that we're talking about, you can actually go onto the New York State Court of Appeals website on YouTube, and I think it was March 17th of uh, uh, 2018. 
you can actually look at the oral arguments, uh, a case called Acevedo, Carney, and Matson, and you can see why it failed, right? They went after this as uh, a violation of ex post facto law, right, that they were uh, recto retroactively punishing people, but it failed mm -hmm. in the courts because ex post facto only applied to uh, law and not administrative rulemaking and policy, which His Majesty likes right. to do for things he can't a, get yes. passed. He just signs signs the magic, you know, waves his magic wand, writes his pen, right? My uh, my will be done. And and that's yes. that. And, and look, I'm not going to disclose names, but I have sat down personally with legislators across this state who have said, you are the collateral damage and the reason why we did not pass this as law. You, yep. This is the there fallout. We go. And it is only going Absolutely. to change. It is only going to change once his majesty is not in office anymore. Yep. I'm, I'm with you. So... Chris, thank you so much for bringing this issue up. And I think it does it does make a lot of uh, sense that you bring it up today. Thank you so much. Thank you for the call. Have a good one. A another situation that is going to be, you know, affected because of the power that our governor has. Same thing. So let me grab, if I can, a couple more comments. I know a lot of people are, are commenting here online. Stephen says, Larry, there's another issue people aren't considering. Marijuana is still illegal on a federal level. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Which means if you're, if you're using marijuana and you want to buy a firearm, this is Steve, Stephen's point, it's a background check. So literally, one cannot use marijuana recreationally and own a firearm at the same time because of overlapping laws. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a huge, a huge problem. So people are also asking about the expunging part. That part I like. I like the idea that they'll start expunging, but they're only going to expunge cannabis, not the other things that surround the industry. They're not like selling. It's only possession and it's review. So it's better than nothing, but it's not great. That's the issue. So can you have your own plants? Yeah, three, if it's medical. That's it. So you can't even be a small farm. But if they would have gone with my idea, which you can look at, by the way, at LarrySharp.com slash policy, if you like, LarrySharp.com slash policy, you'll see that I had a whole bunch of solutions. And they were all free. As always, Larry Sharp, a free solution. I will see you all next week.